0: From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State.
1: It's compelling.
0: The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment.
2: It's Friday. The
1: land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the
0: studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network.
1: Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Hey,
0: good morning. Welcome to GRN Alive. Friday morning, October 9th it is. Hard to believe we're already in October 9th of uh, this wonderful year of 2020. Friday, 27th week in Ordinary Time. Today is also the... Feast Day of St. John Henry Newman. I think it's the first uh, time we can call him that. Uh, his, um, uh, officially, he was only um, canonized last October. And so, happy feast day of Saint John Henry Newman, and we are headed into holiday uh, weekend with Columbus Day on Monday. Cecil's going to have a little bit more on that. My name is Dave Palmer, uh, host of this program on Fridays. Joe and the crew down in Houston uh, host the Monday show, and joining me, Cecil behind the glass. How you doing, Cecil? Good morning. <laughs> I'm doing
3: well. Thank you.
0: Good, good to see you, Dr. Chris Malloy. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. Blue bow tie. Is for the, for those is? who are not I, on Facebook, I, I, just, can't I, see just, I, just, I just got it I <laughs> put them on. <laughs> That's right. It's out of your view. Ale- Alex Trevino, how are you doing? Doing
4: great. Doing great.
0: Uh, later on the show, we're going to have a, a more thorough update about mission180.org. Yes. A lot of videos up and there. And you'll
4: know why I'm feeling so great. At 8.50. And so you're, and you're, <laughs> stick around. And Dang. you're not wearing a hat. I'm not wearing a hat today, no. <laughs> no, I got my hair cut, actually, so...
0: Okay, all right. Off, so. Another reason to get on Facebook, which leads me uh, <laughs> into to see Alex's haircut, there of course. Uh, Diane Xavier, who also has a nice hairdo, uh, working this morning, you won't see her, uh, aunt, though, uh, is running our social media platform. So if you go to Facebook or Twitter and do the handle of at GRN online, you will see, uh, what everything looks like behind the scenes. So we do invite you to do that as well. And so later on in the show, we are going to, uh, unpack the Pope's new encyclical, uh, Fratelli Tutti. I thought it was actually a joke when I heard that, that was its name.
3: Was <laughs> you like, know, what? it always makes me think of E. Fratelli's, your favorite pizza place, Dave. Yeah, right. <laughs> I
0: was like, Tutti Frutti, Fratelli Tutti, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, it does sound like a pizza, a pizza place. Yes. And so, but it, it has a much more legitimate, Here uh, in Dallas, we have a pizza place called. E e e that's right. That's what, uh, uh, yeah, because yeah, everybody across the network is like, what is she talking uh, about? Uh, <laughs>
3: it's Dave's favorite pizza place. Yeah. We have it quite often. Maybe
5: they'll send us a pizza now that we've plugged them.
3: Now there's oh, shout please. out. It's great.
0: Shout people out. all across the country the, are ordering e Fatelli. The wine manager speak. is
4: my neighbor. Three three doors down. We have connections
2: in great places now. UD
4: alumni owned. And and I know (laughs) you. Yeah,
0: so there (laughs) you go.
6: All
0: right, in a few (laughs) minutes, we're also going to talk about the vice presidential debate because uh, uh, topics of Catholicism came up specifically, you know, religious toleration, the issue of abortion, Roe v. Wade, the, the nomination confirmation process, which begins Monday of Amy Coney Barrett came up. And so, uh, faith. And so we'll play a couple clips from Kamala Harris and also from Mike Pence and, uh, dissect that a little bit. And also, uh, I, I interviewed a, a gentleman, uh, by the name of Tony, uh, Colin, uh, recently. He actually wrote a, a kid's book, but he's a constitutional attorney. And there's so much that came up in the debate that's going on right now. This 25th Amendment, which I wasn't even familiar with, uh, to to not going, you know, to take a president out of office and packing the court. Uh, the, of course, the like I said, the confirmation process with Amy Coney Barrett beginning on Monday. So Tony's going to join us in about quarter after and unpack some of that from a legal uh, professional standpoint. So that should be kind of fun. Uh, anything about uh, Saint uh, Cardinal Newman that uh, we should know about? Uh, celebrating Did- his day today.
5: Many things, but how about uh, development of, <laughs> development of doctrine? Yeah. Yeah. You think that's what Authentic. he's best known for? Yeah. Uh, no, he's known for so much. That's one of the, one of the things. It depends. Yeah. Honestly, he, he's just a via media, um, and, and, and a, a theory of knowledge, mm-hmm. how we know about concrete things, not in a kind of abstract way, but in a, uh, the way like, uh, Her- uh, Sherlock Holmes, you know, where you peep, uh, you you piece uh, put the pieces of the puzzle together, mm-hmm. and you come to a certainty that's not like a geometric or a mathematical certainty, yeah. but it is certain. So his example is England is an island. Yeah, everyone's certain about it because Mama said so. It fits in mm-hmm. with the narratives of William the Conqueror. I've been to the beach, but I've never walked around it. Yeah, and yet I'm utterly certain. Versus people like John Locke who say, hey. I can only be as certain as the evidence warrants. And and, and Newman said, no, the mark of an educated person is to say, I can be certain in this or that area according to what's needed for certainty, for a mechanic- you know, you need this. For a, for a mathematician, you need five plus two is seven. You know, you need that kind of certainty.
0: Yeah, it's like epistemology, right? Yeah, oh yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah, study but of development knowledge. development of, right. of
0: dogma is certainly a hot topic today. So. All right, very good. And we'll be talking about that because there are some people who have criticized... The Pope's encyclical in how the, the some of the development, whether they, they think may not be legitimate, uh, what to have to do with the death penalty or uh, the just war theory, and uh, there's a lot in that encyclical. I mean, I read it and my, my eyes were closed <laughs> I didn't read the whole thing. I was just like, wow, this is like 65 pages. Yeah, it was
3: really long. <laughs> long.
0: I think it's his longest one. So, uh, we'll talk about that. We always invite your comments and, uh, you know, your questions for our guests or any any of us. Join in on the conversation, eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four I will say, you know we are less than a month from a national election. Many people are kind of nervous and they're just like, what is going to what is November 4th going to look like? Uh, is, are we going to have a peaceful uh, either a continuation of power or a transition of power? Uh, we need to pray you know Bishop Strickland, uh, one of my favorite bishops of Tyler, Texas, says uh, he's encouraging everybody to pray uh, the rosary. Prayer is our greatest strength, he says, especially the rosary. It reminds us that all power in heaven and on earth is Jesus's power? The world boasts its power, but we are powerless without God. Pray without ceasing. Yeah, that's what he tweeted this morning. So, Bishop Strickland, thank you so much. Pray, pray, pray. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are rosary
5: um, there are rosary yeah. rallies around the country. I know yeah. in Irving, uh, there's one at Modern Day mm-hmm. starting Monday night. It's going to be 24 hours. Uh, there's a life chain. There's there's rosaries here and there. Forty uh, days for, for life, life going 40 on. Forty days yeah. for life. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah, a lot of Fatima rosaries. To so
5: find your local rosary wherever you are. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: there's public, a lot. Of, yeah, there, there's a, a friend of mine is actually organizing a uh, a rosary for reparation and sin, personal mm. sin, sin for the nation. Uh, that's going to be tomorrow here where we are. But like Dr. Malloy said, there's going to be something where you are, and so find it. And if there
3: isn't, you can start one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Very good point. All right. So uh, that's a little bit about what the show is going to be about today, and uh, a lot to talk about. But Cecil so, so you've also dug up a couple news stories too, as I well. I have
3: huh? definitely. Um, so first off. Louisiana is about to be hit with a major case of deja vu because another hurricane is about to hit them. Hurricane Delta, which, by the way, I completely missed when we started at the beginning of the alphabet again. uh, But that's just 2020 for you. Um, So this is going to be hitting the same area of Louisiana, the southern part of Louisiana, that Hurricane Laura ripped through um, just six weeks ago, really. And at the moment, it is a Category 3 major hurricane. And it is expected to make landfall tonight. So please pray for the residents. A lot of them have already evacuated but pray for that. The damages from Laura, they're still recovering from it. It's like fourteen million do- billion billion in damage. So pray that it's and um, 26 deaths. So pray for yeah. their safety and that they can weather through it de- all right. Mm-hmm. And then also, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Capitol Hill Baptist Church back in September had uh, filed for a temporary restraining order in the D.C. Federal District Court on September 22nd because it's alleging that Washington, D.C. unlawfully discriminated against religious gatherings by limiting them to mo- no more than a 100 people outdoor gatherings, I believe. Um, and they're saying this because back in the summer when there were all the protests with after the death of George Floyd, they allowed thousands and thousands of people to gather and they've tried several times to get a permit to be able to have, they have 850 members, they want mm-hmm. to be able to have everyone come out. And more recently, a few, um, a few senators have backed them, including, um, Cindy Hyde Smith from Mississippi, and they're saying that it, arguing the religious freedom freedom is not a second tier in the First Amendment right under the Constitution. So. Yeah. Good for is them. she
5: a Democrat
0: or Republican? She's Republican. Republican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw something this morning where there was a Catholic bishop who said, I don't, and I, I couldn't find it. You know how the, the Twitter scrolls so fast, you got to dig so deep, and he said something about, well, they're putting so many restrictions on churches in my diocese that I have no other recourse than to bring a lawsuit against right. him, the, the civil authorities. And so there are some Catholic leaders that are pushing yes, back against some of these. God bless them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It just uh, yeah, it's an imbalance of.
5: Cuz as Cardinal Sarah said, we need to get back to mass, you know? Mm-hmm. it's hard to um imbibe that when you're in Texas because, you know, they're, it, the the laws are so um Moving towards opening, right? Mm. And then you, yeah. you, you hear about your friends in another state, and, and they still can't have ten people in inside. Oh, I know. Yeah.
4: Well, mm. California restaurants aren't even open inside. Yeah. There, it's all outdoors. It's where we were like in April.
5: Yeah. Mm. So on on uh, Wednesday, my wife and I went out to eat a local um, Indian uh, restaurant called Passan, which is delicious here in Irving. And shout out to them. Too. Yes, exactly. There were two people in the restaurant. And he oh, said wow. he can barely pay the rent, <gasps> uh, well, and so yeah. the thing is, people come on the weekend, but on the weekdays, everyone's at home, you know, interneting.
0: Right. So no one's right. in the no office. One's going to
3: lunch. Or anything, so
5: they don't yeah. go to lunch. Yeah, and I hope it all comes back.
0: Yeah. It's it's sad. So many businesses going down, uh, and uh, some of them permanently. And so. Uh, all right, so anyways, yes. what else is going L- on?
7: <laughs> Next thing <laughs> Bring is, it
3: up. as, Let's
8: go. <laughs> as oh. you
3: mentioned, Columbus Day is on Monday. And yes. uh, that's kind of a uh, controversial holiday these days. Why? Um, uh, no, why? Okay. <laughs> you tell, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Because uh, several people have uh, take issue with how Christopher Columbus perceived uh, the indigenous people when he came to America. Um, and so, actually, I didn't realize how long this has been going on. But back in 1977 is when the International Conference on discrimination against indigenous populations that was a mo- oh in the americas that was a mouthful <laughs> mm-hmm. um is first started discussing replacing columbus day uh to be celebrated instead as indigenous peoples day which apparently is celebrated in some places so funnily enough um the city of columbus ohio is not celebrating columbus day this year yeah um they are opening keeping everything open the only thing that's not open is better the veterans day um sorry Oh, it's, it's only being closed on Veterans Day, but it's not being closed on Columbus Day. There's even year.
0: talk of possibly changing the name of that city to, like, uh, Labor City or something. I heard that. I don't uh, want to uh, live uh, in Labor city. La- Labor, city. Labor city. I don't like yeah. the idea yeah. of Labor City. I, I do want to say, in relation to Columbus, uh, Stalinopolis. Uh, you, know, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, most of us grew up, you know, hearing, you know, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean yes, blue. Yes. It was all very, you know, positive and everything. And uh, Chris Check, the president of Catholic Answers, was on Sunrise Morning Show this morning, as I was driving in, I heard he was talking to um, Annie, and he is giving a talk Sunday evening. It's a live uh, Zoom stream uh, talk for the Institute of Catholic Culture, and I think you have to register, but it's free, and it's called St. Christopher Columbus, question mark? <laughs> uh, the True Story. Uh, Chris Check, president of Catholic Answers. He doesn't whitewash... You know, he, he 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 like everybody else in the world, he's got his faults. He wasn't perfect. He everything he did was not perfect. But if you want to get a Catholic perspective on uh, Christopher Columbus, uh, check out instituteofcatholicculture.org. org. It's going to be Sunday evening, beginning at seven o'clock Eastern Time, a live uh, presentation. So I just thought I'd that's kind of throw awesome.
3: that in yeah. as well. That's a that's really interesting. Actually, I'm definitely going to tune in. One more thing, Dave. I wanted to bring up. We talk a lot about crazy things that are going on in the world. I wanted to do a feel good story. If you All don't, right. don't mind, All right. <laughs> I thought it Puppies would be good to end it. Um, unfortunately, no puppies or butterflies. But um, a young gentleman, Adria um, Ballester, I'm going to say is how we pronounce it, a 26-year-old in Barcelona um, has started doing something that I think is pretty cool. Um, he is setting up two fold-away chairs um, and a sign with, lar- with large letters that reads, Free conversations huh. and has people just sit down and he can speak uh, Spanish, English and come and just talk with him and just talk freely because he says that we've lost the art of conversation. And so he just says he gets to hear all sorts of stories from people all around the world. And he says that we need to connect with one another, especially with COVID going on. Um, we've kind of lost that um, personal touch between He must each have other. read for
0: telling Fratelli, Fratelli. Yeah. a perfect segue to Fratelli. I know. I'm just yeah. like yeah. wow. The, the, the Pope, that's you know, and literally what he says. There was a lot. There was a lot that I liked in that encyclical. Mm, I didn't mm-hmm. read the whole thing, but that's one of the things that the Pope uh, hit on is just the the inability for us to just sit
4: down, dialogue, have right. a conversation yeah. with people that and we're it, too neighborly. We're not brothers. We're not. We don't actually listen to each other. We just live next to each other. I'm just yeah. that good, guys. Yeah, <laughs> good story. Very Thank you. I feel better
3: already, don't you? Barcelona, but you have to say Barcelona. Okay, Barcelona.
4: I'm glad about, you can do
0: it in me. multiple languages. And yes. I'll have conversations with anybody free as well. In yeah. fact, I'll do it on the radio. Yeah. Can you do I'll Greek? get you a shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Latin. All right. Let's get on to the uh, vice presidential debate, uh, which was Wednesday evening. Uh, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris uh, out uh, from Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, I think the reason this was very important is that both the men running for president are in their 70s. On Inauguration Day, uh, Biden's going to be 78, Trump will be 74. And uh, There have been questions about both of their health, of course, with mm-hmm. the, pre- the president a week ago. And we were announcing that he had come down with COVID, but he seems to be recovering from that. All right, let's play a clip, and especially the things that touch on our faith and morals. And I'll start off with both Pence and uh, Harris were asked about the overturning of Roe v. Wade and what would they uh, hope would happen in their home states of Indiana and California. Neither of them really answered that question. Right, <laughs> but uh, th- this we'll start with Pence, and uh, this is what he had to say with issues related to Roe v. Wade.
9: I couldn't be more proud to serve as vice president to a president who stands without apology for the sanctity of human life. I'm pro life. I-, I don't apologize for it. And this is another one of those cases where there's such a dramatic contrast. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris support taxpayer funding of abortion all the way up to the moment of birth, Mm -hmm. late-term abortion. They want to increase funding to Planned Parenthood of America. Now, for our part, I I would never presume how Judge Amy Coney Barrett would rule on the Supreme Court of the United States, but um, we'll continue to stand strong for the right to life.
0: All right. So... Pretty distinct uh, difference between the two, and it was interesting because he was saying that uh, Kamala Harris, you know, they always have the two-shot, and she's kind of like, you know, you know, nodding her head, no, 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 it's not true, it's not true, but it really is true. I mean, there is a stark difference between these two administrations on the issue of life. It's, pretty, pretty, it's, it's explicit. It's,
5: it's very clear. Yeah. I, I yeah, will work yeah. to codify Roe v. Wade. Yeah. That's what Biden's been saying. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, Another clip from uh, Pence, and this uh, also has to do with uh, issues in, involving uh, uh, Barrett and, and, and other issues related to our faith.
9: Now, with regard to the Supreme Court of the United States. Let me say, President Trump and I could not be more enthusiastic about the opportunity to see Judge Amy Coney Barrett become Justice Amy Coney Barrett. She's a brilliant woman, and uh, she will bring a lifetime of experience and a sizable American family to the Supreme Court of the United States. And our hope is in the hearing next week, unlike Justice Kavanaugh received with treatment from you and others, we hope she gets a fair hearing. And we particularly hope that we don't see the kind of attacks on her Christian faith that we saw before. I mean, the Democrat chairman of the Judiciary Committee before, when when Judge Barrett was being confirmed for the Court of Appeals, expressed concern that the dogma of her faith lived loudly in her. Dick Durbin of Illinois said that it was a concern. Uh, Senator, I know one of our judicial nominees, you actually Attacked because they were a member of the Catholic Knights of Columbus, just because the Knights of Columbus holds pro-life views and thank you, views. thank you, Vice President. Pence. So Your my time hope is up. that when the hearing takes place, that thank you, Vice that, President. Pence. That Judge Amy Coney Barrett will be respected, thank you, Vice respectfully President. Pence. voted and confirmed thank to the Supreme Court of the United
0: States. Yeah, I, I know some people would say, well, right as he's getting to the point about the Knights of Columbus and yeah. Catholicism, the moderator cuts him off. But I will say, in fairness, uh, she cut. Harris off a number of times as well. The moderator people, was the star of the
4: show. Yeah, other than the fly, fly, the fly. <laughs> the fly was, I, was the I heard, over. I heard the fly was a DNC operative <laughs> that was paid <laughs> under the table, oh lots of money to go land on that head. That was well, so you mad. know,
5: if it had happened to Kamala Harris, then people would have said it was the devil.
4: Yeah, <laughs> so. This is true. Somebody said I that mean,
5: somebody said
0: that about uh, the devil. Anyways, uh, there was an MSNBC. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that said, really? Yeah, really? That, um, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh,
4: people,
5: man. but people did that. I think in the previous round, like eight years ago, there was some. I think a fly There's landed a fly on, on Obama, Obama and Obama. Hillary.
4: Yeah, so it switched and
5: parties. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's, just, it's just it a undecided. fly.
4: Did Alex really bring this conversation
0: into yes. a fly? Well, I, mean, so I, I was going to say,
4: I, I was kind of holding myself back from live tweeting, but I couldn't help myself. So yeah. I live tweeted and Facebook status the whole hour. I it mean, was, even if the fly awesome. had landed
0: on, on either candidate, it I would say, come on,
4: get off it, get off
0: here." it. He, no, he, he no.
4: wasn't even disturbed by it. That's what I thought he was didn't He didn't know. How would you know? I guess not. No. I mean, I guess I would know. I love what I love Pence said.
0: The sizable American family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that yeah. That was, was awesome. Yeah. Yep. I just It was just something that he, he threw in that is like, okay, that's kind of neat. It wasn't mm-hmm. yeah. necessary. But I, I just want to go back to this issue with the Knights of Columbus because uh, the exact quote when Catholic judicial nominee Brian Boucher was questioned by Senator Harris about his memberships of the Knights of Columbus, she said, quote, the Knights of Columbus claim that they protect the right to life of every human being from the moment of conception until natural death. If confirmed to the bench will you defend the right to life of every human being from the moment of conception to natural death all right so she basically is saying because you belong to this catholic organization you must believe that and is that going to influence you as a judge so, I, I think, uh you know, I think it's legitimate to say that she seemed to create somewhat of a litmus test that if you belong to a Catholic organization that believes in Catholic teachings, that somehow you may not be suitable for for Disqualifies federal. you, I yeah, guess. Yeah, disqualifies
5: you. That, and mm-hmm. that, that's, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Wow. Well, we are haunted by the JFK uh, line that, well, that's just my private faith. Right, yeah. right. right. Mario Cuomo so, too. Now, yeah. this speaks to E for teletuti too. <laughs> I, I I like to add the E. I like <laughs> I to can't. add the E. But anyway. I want pizza so bad now. <laughs> because <laughs> you know, he says that, we, you know, that the church must enter into the public arena. All right. That's a pretty cool, important thing. Anyway, back to this ABC. Now that some people are calling it ABC. Anyway, uh, Judge. Uh, oh, A-B- yeah. A- 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 B- oh, ACB. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any rate, that, but that's what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so she has already said, I will judge according to the rule of law. She's made that absolutely clear. Mm hmm. All
0: right, so uh, Kamala Harris shot back because she saw this as an affront to her faith, and so I want to play a clip from her as well. Uh, So here's how uh, Kamala responded to that same question about the Supreme Court.
6: First of all, Joe Biden and I are both people of faith, and it's insulting to suggest that we would knock anyone for their faith. And in fact, Joe, if elected, will be only the second uh, practicing Catholic uh, as President of the United States. Um, on the issue of this, of this nomination, Joe and I are very clear, as are the majority of the American people. We are 27 days before the decision about who will be the next President of the United States. And, you know, before when this conversation has come up, you know, it's been about election year or election time. We're literally in an election. Over 4 million people have voted. People are in the process of voting right now. And so Joe has been very clear, as the American people are, let the American people fill that seat in the White House, and then we'll fill that seat on the United States Supreme Court. And to your point, Susan, the the issues before us couldn't be more serious. There's the issue of choice, and I will always fight for a woman's right to make a decision about her own body. It should be her decision and not that of Donald Trump and, and the vice president, Michael Pence.
0: All right. There you go. So it doubles down on, uh, not so much on abortion, but just on the right, uh, to a woman's right to her body. You know, that's, that's the, the
5: code language for abortion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. one other quick clip. Uh, any thoughts on that? Any well,
5: comments? How, how can she say that she's not going to attack the really, she's you already have her on camera after. doing yeah.
0: that four, three years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so. in fact, uh, uh, Nebraska Senator Ben Sass. Uh, had a conversation during that same hearing with Brian Buescher, and uh, he points out the obvious, that this is an obvious attack on his Catholic faith. So here, here's Ben Sass, a very brief uh, clip here.
5: Do you do you know what the point of the questions for the record about your membership in the Knights of Columbus was? No, Senator, I do not. What's happening in this committee is absolutely nuts, uh, that we're asking people questions about why they're members uh, in the largest Catholic fraternal organization in America.
0: Yeah, and what's interesting is that when Amy ACB, as you say, uh, her confirmation hearing begins on Monday, and Harris is going to be one of the ones asking questions. Yeah. is she going to go there?
4: I doubt it.
5: I don't think so. Don't they, think they'll so. put it in um, um, Cory Booker's spot. Give somebody I else. Think so. uh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Do you think it'll it'll go to the extreme that like the Kavanaugh hearings were at? Three years ago, do you think they learned the lesson that in general everyone learned the lesson? They've got to fight should, this tooth and
5: nail. I think yeah. they will.
4: Wow. That's yeah. So that's to me I'm, that's scary to think of. this. These next two weeks, buckle up. <laughs> it's yeah. Gonna be, yeah. It's gonna be interesting. God
5: bless her, though. Yeah. I can say Judge Barrett. You know, God bless her. This is this takes courage. Like Absolutely. like the people we had in here this summer from Nigeria. I mean, this takes courage to speak up like this because you could you could have a. You know,
0: yeah, I sometimes think who would, have want, the who would want to go through that? Think of what Clarence right. Thomas went through, Robert Bork yeah. went through, and he didn't even get on. Uh, wow. Think of what Kavanaugh went through. and His kids have to listen to this, and his yeah. wife has to right. listen it's to it. It's all over solely the place. Is their relationship, I mean, their reputation forever, because nobody ever forgets uh, you know, Brett Kavanaugh's yearbook or, yeah. uh, you know, things I can't even say on the radio related to Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. It was just disgusting. Uh, so anyways, uh, that begins Monday, and we've got a, a constitutional attorney uh, that's going to join us here in a couple of minutes. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Tony Kolink, uh is going to weigh in on some of these issues having to do with law, the Constitution, the hearings that begin on Monday, and also the 25th Amendment that now is apparently the way that Trump is going to get you know finally brought (laughs) taken out of office (laughs) less than a month before the election so we'll find out what that's all about Uh, quick break from journal life we'll be back
6: Solidarity Healthshare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church, so you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human lives, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity Healthshare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at solidarityhealthshare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network.
10: Pray, the story of Patrick Payton, is coming to theaters nationwide today. The film tells the inspiring true story of a poor Irish immigrant who set sail for America in 1928 with dreams of becoming a millionaire, but, with the help of the most iconic celebrities of Hollywood, ends up spending his life championing the message, the family that prays together stays together. The miraculous true story of venerable Patrick Payton, his heroic life of perseverance and prayer, in theaters nationwide today. For more information, PrayTheFilm.com.
7: We are so thankful to our GRN family members for all they do to keep all the Guadalupe Radio Network stations on the air. Hi, this is Len Oswald, President of the GRN, and I would like to introduce you to two more GRN family members, Martine and Armando. Martin Arismendi joined the GRN on July 20th, 2012, and is the General Manager for KJON 850 AM in Dallas. Martin and his wife Josefina have two daughters and one son. Martin loves hanging out with his kids at their soccer games and enjoys fishing. Armando Sanchez is the general manager of our West Texas operations. He joined the GRN on August 10, 2020. Armando and his wife Anna live in Midland, Texas, and have one daughter, one son, and three grandchildren. He is a member of the Diocese of San Angelo Diaconin Formation Program and will be ordained in May 2022. This has been your GRN Family Minute. We are your Catholic Radio. Radio for your soul.
0: All right. We're so happy that you're listening to GRN Live here this morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Dave Palmer, Dr. Chris Malloy, Alex Trevino, Cecil Anderson, Diane Xavier, the whole crew is here. And we are glad that you're listening. If you want to join in on the conversation at any point... Uh, during this hour, give us a call 877-757-9424 Our guest on the phone is Tony Collink retired lieutenant colonel uh, of the U.S. Air Force, 21 years of military service. He's currently a law professor teaches courses on constitutional and military law Uh, He is a a, a wife I'm I'm sorry, he's a husband of his wife, Alyssa (laughs) I'm sorry Tony. He has five children three grandkids. He also wrote a book in his spare time called Shadow in the dark. Uh, Tony, uh, good to talk with you. Thanks for joining us this morning. How are you?
8: I am doing great, thanks. And I'm sure my wife really appreciated hearing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's the wife, okay? You're the husband, in case you need any clarification on that, okay? Even in 2020, Sometimes we can say I that. Sometimes I do. <laughs> all right, uh, lots to talk about in little time, but uh, tell us, For I want to talk about three main things, but uh, first of all, Monday begins the confirmation hearing for Amy Coney Barrett. What are your thoughts? Uh, do they have time to confirm her? Is it going to be a circus? Uh, what, what are your
8: general thoughts? Uh, well, they definitely have time to confirm her, um, and yes, it will be a circus, uh, but only because of the politics of it. Uh, ultimately, the you know, the one um, wild card right now is we don't know if all the Republican senators on the Judiciary Committee are going to be there because two of them came down with COVID, and uh, so, I mean, that might be a wild card that delays things at some point, but assuming that doesn't... Uh, delayed things. It looks like the Republicans have the votes to confirm her. And
0: uh, the the, the criticism has been from the debate that, hey, Kamala Harris said, hey, we're in an election, millions of people have already voted, Uh, you know, why are we pushing this through? Do you think that's a legitimate argument, or is it, hey, you know, uh, this is the process, and, you know, this is what presidents do? What do you think?
8: I mean, it's a legitimate political argument. Um, You know, as uh, the Vice President pointed out, there have been many instances throughout history where they have filled nominations, uh, you know, in an election year. Uh, This is kind of close by historical standards. Uh, I think there was only one other uh, justice who died this close to an election. Um, And actually, I think uh, Kamala Harris mentioned that uh, President Lincoln didn't fill that slot until after the election. Uh, but really i mean it's it's a political decision there's no reason um, why the President and the Senate uh if they have the uh, votes uh couldn't and, and shouldn't do that really I, I'm sure the Democrats would do the same thing if if they were in this position
0: yeah, I'm pretty certain that, that would be the case as well. The issue of packing the court this is kind of weird. I always thought that the supreme you know, as as um, Pence brought up in the debate. Uh, for the last 150 years, we've had nine Supreme Court justices. It just seems like that's the way it is. I didn't even realize you could change that. Uh, but now there's talk of packing the court and neither Biden nor Harris seem to want to answer the question. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah, Biden said, Biden yes. answered it. Yeah, he said, <laughs> I'll, you'll find out after the election. Um, and so uh, do, you, do you think this is a I I guess, a, a threat? Or what? Do, what do you think about this? Could this happen?
8: It definitely could happen. Um and you're right, we've actually, out of the, you know, 230 years or so of our nation, we've had nine justices on the Supreme Court for about 175 of those years, and it hasn't changed since 1869, but Congress has the ability to, you know, vary the number. You know, it started at six, it went up to seven, and, you know, at one point it was ten, um, and then it went, you know, just for a very brief period of time, and then it went back to nine. Um, and so they could totally do this. I mean, they'd just have to pass a law, uh, you know, and whoever the next president is would would sign that law, and, and they could increase the membership in the Supreme Court, um, you know, uh, because we're we're so divided in uh, in the Senate. They would probably have to change the filibuster rule, which they've also said that it seems like they're willing to do. So it very well could be a reality if uh, President Biden has a you know, Democratic Senate and Democratic House, uh, you know, there wouldn't be very much stopping them except the will to do so.
0: Yeah, interesting. And what about this 25th Amendment? I I had not ever really considered this or thought about this. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi came out this week and said uh, that they're they're thinking about using the 25th Amendment to remove President Trump from office. What is this?
8: Yeah, nothing to see here folks um you know it's the the constitution uh under the 25th amendment does allow the vice president and either um you know members of the cabinet uh you know or what she's talking about is congress is allowed to create um some other entity to work with the vice president um to determine if the president you know doesn't have the capacity to carry out his his powers and duties and that's what she's proposing that they would create such a commission to work with the vice president but that would have to go through the house the senate you know president trump would have to sign it into law and then even if such a commission existed they would need to convince vice president you know pence to uh, to join in on this um, so it's it's not going to happen during this presidency, Um, you know, in theory, it could be something that happens in the next presidency, but nobody's going to do this. This is just a distraction. <laughs>
0: Yeah, interesting. But, you know, even when we talk about packing the court, it goes back to they they can only do that if they have the representatives in Congress. And so it's all the more important that everybody has to vote, you know, just vote because without, you know, it's just like, what well, Trump would not be able to nominate Amy Coney Barrett if he didn't have the Senate uh, and, and on his side, you know, so if there were more Democratic senators, this would be kind of a non-issue, right, Dr. Malloy? Yeah. Do you have any
5: thoughts on the, the Senate uh, senatorial election? I know that's not uh, your field, but...
8: Uh... Well, I mean, it's just, it's you know, if whatever we can believe in the polls these days, it, it's looking very uh, close, and um, it's pretty clear that we're going to have divided power in the Senate. Uh, it, we're not going to have a filibuster-proof majority for either side, and, um, you know, it, it's theoretically possible the Republicans could lose the Senate, um, but they could just as equally hold the Senate, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh Tony Conlin, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I want to give you a chance to, on a totally unrelated uh, topic, just mention your book really quickly. I interviewed you here with a local interview about your book, Shadow in the Dark, and it's a pretty amazing with uh, uh your background, teaching, law, and I know you're even kind of jumping from one state to the next as far as getting back from your family, and then you're writing these books in the meantime. So, do you want to give a quick plug for uh, Shadow in the Dark?
8: I would love to do that. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Uh, Shadow in the Dark is a uh, middle school, uh, high school series, um, uh, part of the Harwood Mysteries, put out by Loyola Press. It's a, you know, an exciting uh, historical fiction novel for, um, you know, for kids, and essentially uh, deals with the 12th century England. There's a boy, Zan, and his friend Lucy, and, uh, you know, they actually are at an abbey, a Benedictine abbey, and they wind up having a solve kind of some spooky mysteries while they're also kind of dealing with coming-of-age issues. You know, what does God want for my life? And, uh, you know, it came out in July. Um, the other two books are actually due out uh, early uh, in February and then July of next year. And I'm really hoping uh, that uh, parents and, and kids will read the book and love it. And, and frankly, I'd, I'd love to see it as a supplement in, in some of our Catholic schools to our middle school history and, and, you know, English curriculum, because um, it, it's a fun way to sort of explore history, and, you know, for our, our
0: youth. Yeah, all right. Shadow in the Dark, The Harwood Mysteries, book one, published by Loyola Press, uh, Tony Collink, uh, uh, officially on the title of the, uh, the, the front of the book, Anthony, well, Anthony Barone Collink, did I get that right? <laughs> uh, yep, yep, Col- Colank, yep. Oh, there you go. All right, Tony, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate your insights into everything that's going on right now, and hopefully we can talk to you again soon sometime,
8: okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. Thanks God bless so much. you.
0: Appreciate it. All right, there you go, 877-757-9424. Well, we are 35 minutes into the show. We're going to take a one-minute break, and we're going to come back. And uh, in this break, you're going to hear a spot about... The uh, Father Paton, uh, Patrick Payton movie that uh, we did an interview with the producer recently. And it's a really good kind of documentary type movie. And it comes out today. And so, uh, listen to this spot and hopefully you can gather around the TV or get to the theater uh, today and see this movie, the the, Pat- the pa- Father Patrick Payton story called uh, Pray. So, we'll come back and we'll talk about the Pope's new encyclical right after this.
10: Pray. The story of Patrick Payton is coming to theaters nationwide today. The film tells the inspiring true story of a poor Irish immigrant who set sail for America in 1928 with dreams of becoming a millionaire. But, with the help of the most iconic celebrities of Hollywood, ends up spending his life championing the message. The family that prays together stays together. The miraculous true story of venerable Patrick Payton. His heroic life of perseverance and prayer in theaters nationwide today. For more information, PrayTheFilm.com.
1: Music Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to amazonsmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network.
0: Alright, we're back. It is now 37 minutes after the hour. The time is flying by. We've hit on a lot of topics, and we are going to close out for the remainder of the show talking uh, – well, we're also going to talk about uh, Emission 180 at the end, but let's talk about uh, Pope Francis's new encyclical letter called Fratelli Tutti. And it is uh, subtitled, On Fraternity and Social Friendship. It's long. It's got uh, a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, so, if you've read it or if you have any questions about it, to give us a call, 877-757-9424.
5: Dr. Malloy, your initial thoughts? Yeah, so nothing we can say is going to be complete and I'm going to leave stuff out, right, of course. Right. But generally, you know, some, some of the strengths here in this encyclical, like we were talking before the show began, calling us to... Fraternal love, you know the fraternal love. Every human being is my neighbor, right? That's that. That's really, I would say, the heart of the encyclical. And um, how does that love manifest itself through listening, through dialogue, through being with the other? And uh, this. Is, so this is all fantastic, especially with the internet. We tend to we tend to segregate ourselves into these blocks, and um, especially if we're monetized. Um, we need to hold our opinion. It needs to become more and more distinct from that of others. Uh, I do think that's a that's a temptation if we're especially if we're monetized uh, in the in this area era of social media. Um, he stressed the common good. He stressed um, both the universal and the local. Like you need the local, not just the mm. universal. And so, if, so there were a lot of really good strong points. Um, some some things to be aware of. He he uses the French Revolution theme of fraternity, equality, yeah. and liberty. And, you know, you can use those terms. They're great terms, if understood correctly. There's always the difficulty, however, how some people are going to use these as, okay, now we can do something along the lines of a French Revolutionary thing. What do I mean? Divorce these terms from God. Divorce these terms from the specific truth of Jesus Christ and his one true church, the Catholic Church. If we were to do that, now we don't have to, but if we were to do that, suddenly we're severing this love, universal love of of everyone from some core truths of the faith, which aren't stressed. And so, one of the things I'd like to see more stressed there is the fact that God so loved the world, he sent his only son only in His name is there salvation. Mm-hmm. There is salvation in no other name. No other religion provides salvation. Yeah. Now, does that mean you have to be a card-carrying Catholic before you die in order to be saved? No, it does not. But it does mean that if you're saved, it's going to be through Jesus Christ and His Church. Now, wow. that means for you and me, we have we have to not only dialogue. We do have to dialogue. But he talks about truth, and he says, relativism, no way. Relativism, no way. But the truth is Jesus Christ. And so, there has to be an, a kind of an, um, how do you put it, an edge? A tension in the dialogue that I want for my uh, Muslim friend, right. I want for my atheist friend, my Jewish friend, my non-Catholic Christian friend, I want them to have the fullness of the truth and to be in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. This is the core of Vatican II, mission, mission to the nations, mm-hmm. right? And bringing people into the Holy Catholic Church. It's there, it's the, it's, the, it's the heart of what Jesus does with the disciples go out to all nations and baptize them, yeah. um, teaching them to observe what I command. I, so I, I'd like to see more of that in the encyclical. I'd like to see more attention to sin. Now he does attend to social sins and, and lack of dialogue, right? But in terms of, um the prevalence of sin making it such that legitimate self defense and definitions and boundaries protect people in a situation of fallen human nature so private property walls uh defenses those kinds of things they have no sense if there's no sin mm-hmm. but if there is sin now you you have to start talking about Private property, perhaps a little bit more than he does. Um, yeah. He does talk about it. He brings it up. Yeah. He brings that's it up. That's one of the more controversial parts of the encyclical. In so, fact, that, no, right? but there, but but that's it's controversial because partly because Americans are not aware, right, of the constant teaching of the Church. It's not a 1960s teaching. It's not yeah. a. It's not a Pope Francis teaching. The universal destination of goods. Yeah. that's core. That goes all the way back. Um, and the world is given to the whole human race by God, yeah. and so I, I have a kind of a, 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 let's say, you know, Pope Leo talks about I, I come to a piece of land, let's just say I'm the first on the land. Of course, that's always there's a lot of tensions there, right? Are you the first on the land? But at any rate, when I begin to work with and use stuff, I can. There's a certain claim I have to it, but it's never an absolute claim. But we, mm-hmm. I had to say, we Americans, we American Catholics kind of mix all these issues up and we tend to think we've got an absolute right. And it's, it's not quite the case. Yeah.
4: Well, I definitely had to refresh on Wikipedia, the universal destination of goods, because that was something I hadn't heard about in a long time. And I mean, it makes a lot we of sense. We don't hear it's it. Really, yeah. yeah. I mean, except it's except awesome from Marxists. From Marxists. No
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think that's one of the problems, is that we associate this with Marxism and uh, some of the people that espouse yeah. that. And we've right. seen that countries that have tried to, to go down the Marxist road, and, and we see
5: that it doesn't yeah. work. No, and that's the thing, is by the way, the church's condemnation of Marxism is – infinitely more severe than her condemnation of uh, liberalism. Okay, liberalism, it's, it's basically private property's number one, individual's number one, mm-hmm. forget the community. but um, And also liberalism connected with severing from the church. This encyclical has some really interesting things there, saying the church can't just let the state promote a kind of a private secular good. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are classic teachings, that might be surprising to, you know, those who, um, so prize the first amendment,
4: right? This, this is I imagine is so hard for us Americans to read. Exactly that's what, I'm what you're saying. Yeah. And so a lot of it doesn't make sense. So that's my question too, is who exactly is this audience like for this encyclical for? Um, cause yeah, like I said, for us, it's, it's pretty hard to read through this and see the Catholicism in it, but then you research it and he's repeating what a lot of popes have said in the past.
5: A good compliment to this would be reading Leo the 13th against Americanism. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Great. And and some people have questioned the timing of it. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily true, but right before an American election. And of course we always seem to see things through our eyes. Uh, He talks about instances of a myopic extremist, resentful and aggressive nationalism are on the rise and, uh, he said, um, let's see, uh, he talked about a lot about migration, a lot of Im- yeah, immigration. Yeah. He, he talks about the, 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 parable of the Good Samaritan as an example that, uh, he, he a good, good chunk of the, um, the, the encyclical yeah. is about that. And so, yeah, I don't think we can read this entirely through American eyes, but it's hard to not see that you know america being such a, a, a an important country in the world that he doesn't have american politics
5: in mind even if, in some way as he writes this even if he doesn't how are people going to use it uh, that that's yeah. the that's the thing is uh, it's difficult when you say so much but you but you leave out some of these crucial things like the centrality of jesus christ not just for christians but As for the whole world. Humanity, yeah. Yeah. he's not just our private source of energy.
0: Yeah, and he does bounce around a lot of topics. A lot of topics. uh, Alex and I were talking about this before the show started. He talks about, uh, you know, women's rights. He talks about the mafia. He talks about uh, technology, immigration. War, Uh, death penalty. uh, I
4: mean, social media. (laughs)
0: And let's talk, especially on the feast day of St. John uh, Henry Cardinal Newman, about the legitimate development of doctrine. Because at the very end of the encyclical, he does – touch on the death penalty and we know that he has changed even the catechism wording on the inadmissibility of uh, uh of the the death penalty and then he gets into the the, the just war and some people uh, have said that he seems to be even taking on saint augustine and his definition of just war and whether there is anything such
5: thing as a just war so thoughts on that yeah well legitimate development is this if there i mean there's a lot of principles here but one principle is if there's an infallible teaching no authority on earth can ever change it. Including the Pope. That's right. Yeah. If there's an infallible teaching, no one can change it. Also, the deposit of faith is protected by the magisterium. We tend to think of magisterium as avant-garde. Some people do. Avant-garde, pushing, uh, you know, ahead, that kind of thing. The primary duty of the magisterium is to protect the deposit of faith. Why? Because it's a gift from God. It's not human um, invention. So, uh, that's that's first and foremost. Now it happens to be infallible doctrine that the death penalty is not intrinsically evil. It happens to be infallible teaching that the that um, defense, legitimate self-defense, including just war, is not intrinsically evil. That's infallible that's teaching. That's infallible by the okay. ordinary and universal magisterium. That is, and right. what does that mean? That means that the um, uh, your, your moral uh, unanimity of bishops doesn't mean every last one mm-hmm. there are heretics yeah. who deny mm-hmm. the divinity of christ um so and bishops uh <laughs> so so what it means is over a period of a good period of time when, when they're proclaiming something and that's happened all right so they've already legitimate self-defense just war death penalty these are not per se evil but so, the, the the way I think that uh, Pope Francis is addressing this is the circumstances now don't warrant it. So, the, okay. th- that raises a question, however, can a Pope accurately uh, judge and authoritatively judge circumstances, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's say there were suddenly a five-year period of lawlessness in the United States where the police aren't doing their... Uh, thing they're not for whatever reason they're not able to enforce the law there's rioting etc and people have to sleep at night Um, what do you do with uh, local thugs you know sort of basically it becomes local organization of law enforcement Mm -hmm. by people who have the means Um, I imagine you can't really hold that kind of circumstance under this judgment Right? it's a serious issue
0: yeah, um, and there's a lot there. I, I'm curious uh, how many people have read the whole thing. I I, I tried. I, I did. <laughs> you read the whole thing. And you slowly. said you read it
5: slowly. I don't know where you've got a big family. <laughs> My a job, eyes. Dra- I drag them across the page. <clears throat> now that's why you- I read Thomas Aquinas because he, he says it so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. W- Long winded things that take me forever. <laughs> I I, did, I never read Tolstoy. I did once.
4: I do have a question because there I don't. There's definitely a lot of people listening and uh, and people that I know who fear that you know these sort of. Um, Statements by the Pope open up opportunities for changes in in teaching, and you have a lot of people who say this is an opportunity for that to happen. How would you reassure us that, you know, that can't really happen through encyclicals? This is
5: what I've been been trying to drum this in my my students, is saying, once again, infallible teachings can never be overturned. And, um, you know, I actually go to cases in history where, such as Pope Honorius, Pope Honorius said that Jesus had only one will. Of the Father right, one will, okay, now he 's divine and yeah. human, yeah, and both natures are spiritual, both natures have a will, mm-hmm. so this is a pope who said this um now, what did he mean by it? Did he mean that, in other words, they're of one mind, both the yeah. human both his human nature and his divine nature are of one mind, maybe that's what his successor said, but his successor said that 's kind of what he meant but we believe in two wills, you know, success. You yeah. can see doing a polished job. Well, he was anathematized by the third council of Constantinople 30 some odd years after his, uh, maybe it was more like 50 years after his papacy. Um, and what did Leo the second say in that anathema? He said, we anathematize uh, Pope Honorius who did not preserve the Holy doctrine, but allowed it by profane treachery to be polluted. Mm. That's what he said. Now, the other thing, this is really crucial. How did the heretics cite Pope Honorius for their cause? The outright heretics who believed one will, meaning one will will, period. Mm -hmm. They cited the Pope in their arguments. So that's, and now this is before the internet. Right? So it's important to realize that we have had difficult times in the past like that. Of course. And what does a saint like Maximus the Confessor do, who's loyal to uh, the Pope, he confesses the one true faith. He doesn't confess heresy. He doesn't say, "Okay, well, because there's this sloppily worded thing, I'm going to suddenly embrace heresy." Mm-hmm. No, he gets his tongue cut out and his hand cut off by the emperor because he confesses the one true faith wow. under a better Pope. Yeah, uh, grant it, but nonetheless, he's not kowtowing to you know, kind of a sloppy wording. So we, we we're not papalitrist. And, and Newman said as much, right? Newman said, look, if you, def- at yeah, any rate, New- Newman had a lot of things to say. <laughs> We're not, pap- not every word that comes out of a Pope's uh, mouth yeah. is authoritative. Yeah. Right? Right. Of the yeah. authoritative ones, not all of them are infallible. Right. And if there's a prior Pope that had an infallible thing, we have to hold that.
0: Yeah. And I think the wow. thing is, uh, very few people are going to read the encyclical, but it does trickle down into the the, the, the culture as well. And so, thanks for that analysis. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Yeah. I, do, I do want to just touch on one more thing, you know, on a very, very local level, then I want to get to Mission 180 as well. Uh, he talks about uh, the whole idea of listening to each other, you know, because uh, this is something that each one of us, he says, The ability to sit down and listen to others, typical of interpersonal encounters, is paradigmatic of the welcoming – attitude shown by those who transcend narcissism and accept others caring for them and welcoming welcoming them into their lives yet today's world is largely a deaf world that, okay? that's the best yeah so that, that,
5: that's the heart of what's awesome in that right right
0: so we can look at this from uh the bird's eye view and the the big global perspective and he does talk about united nations he talks about a lot of things but i think uh what can we do be nice to your neighbor. Be right. <laughs> good. <laughs> be brotherly. Not just be nice to yeah. your wife and your kids, right. or your husband, or be nice to me, sis. So okay, uh, come oh. on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I will.
4: I will say this about fertility too, too. What it's made me sort of realize and what I want to adopt more in my life is stop worrying about who the Pope is, what mm. is happening in the world, who our president is, who's exactly. yeah. going to be in the Supreme court justice. You know, what can I do to be a, a good husband, a good father, a good neighbor, a good brother to the yeah. people yeah. around me. Exactly. Yeah. Focus on that for a little bit. And I think that is a call that Pope Francis is calling us to do. And it may, it may be hard for some of us to realize that more than others, but it's this call to, you know, to, to just focus on, you know, what's around you. Mm -hmm. immediately yeah yeah we tend to forget that because we think about so many big big things happening Mm -hmm. in
0: the world right 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 it's uh all right well that was a good discussion and uh, again we're down to our last few minutes uh i did say that we were going to talk about mission 180.org of course alex Trevino is the creator of this it's a great series so why don't you go ahead and say what's going on and what
4: people can Um, access so real quick mission 180 for those of you who haven't uh, heard me talk about it. It's a free series of 180 videos um, all about the the beauty and richness of the Catholic faith. A bunch of different topics presented mostly by priests from the Diocese of Dallas, um, a Legionary of Christ, one from the Archdiocese of Newark. Um, just beautiful little two to three minute little mini sermons, mini teachings of, of aspects of the Catholic faith coupled with the praying of a decade of the rosary at the end of every single episode. I'm very excited. I've also had almost finished this cup of coffee really fast. Um, I'm very excited because uh,
3: <laughs> I'm going to start giving you tea now. <laughs> yeah, Thank you.
4: Um, October 7th of 2019 was the day we started shooting this series, right? Wow. Holy um, Rosary. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The feast of the Holy Rosary and on the feast of the, our lady of the rosary to this year, I turned in the final episode. Okay. So all 180 episodes are officially on the website. Um, It's a moment that I've been waiting for uh, and working very hard towards for a very long time. Uh, There's a bunch of us behind the scenes who've also put a lot of effort into getting this done. And all of the episodes are on the website. So when you go get your free account now um, at mission180.org, Um, you can access 180 videos all about the truth, beauty, and goodness of the Catholic faith.
3: It's amazing.
0: All right. All right. Very good. So, mission180.org, and they're all accessible now. Just go on there, register, and uh, uh, and get after it, right? So, when
3: are you starting on the next 180?
4: Well, that's a great question. (laughs) They need (laughs) to be at 360. We actually do want to um, do the whole thing in Spanish.
3: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's our
4: next big project is we're going <laughs> to our next big endeavor is we're planning on reshooting all the episodes with, um, Spanish speaking priests Yeah, and doing, you know, Mission 180, uh, in Spanish and having that available to, um, uh, Hispanic and Latino communities in the United States, and obviously in every Spanish-speaking country in the world. I think they like to see priests who speak their language, sort of are you know have the same sort of similar culture and fashions. I think people, the youth, young adults, families will relate more to that than subtitles for mm-hmm. this oh, particular yeah. project. Definitely. So we're going to take on that endeavor and. I've learned a lot of lessons the first time around, so hopefully it doesn't take a whole <laughs> year to to copy and paste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's a lot shorter. But we plan on hopefully doing that in the in the early spring, shooting all those. All right, and and, uh, ready. My
0: family and I have enjoyed them. Mission180.org. Uh, they're all available now. So uh, thanks for that
4: update yeah, on and that. Real quick, and, you, you, yeah. I do have your testimonial on the website. Now, oh, is that right? On the okay. homepage. I'm oh, It's a re- it's a really it's a really nice <laughs> testimonial uh, where yeah. you say you've enjoyed it and you appreciate it and you're grateful. And and uh, and I think that that helps. It opens know, up conversations. Yeah,
0: you know, and it's really uh, we're, nice. all, we're all so busy, like we talked about, and just to sit down even for ten minutes, and they're, they're short. You know, you yeah, get all seven and
4: eight minutes at the most. Yeah, yeah. including uh, the prank.
0: We're gonna uh, end the show now, or the show is gonna end us,
4: uh, one or the other. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna <laughs> do
0: the after show. Sissel comes to the into the studio, and we Passed have a through. little bit more informal conversation. We talked about it a lot during the show today. Yeah. I'm gonna share with you, speaking about the feast of the Holy Rosary, about an idea that I got from our chief engineer about how to celebrate in a tasty manner the (laughs) Feast of the Holy Rosary. Right, right. Uh, And my my daughters were so excited about this. And uh, I'll tell you about that next and more in the after show. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. St. John, Henry Newman, please pray for us.
1: Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord.
10: K-A-T-H, 9-10 a.m., Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Yep, a ballot.